How many of you came to church expecting something today? Expecting something, expecting something. Uh, to, today, the word that God has put on my heart this Sunday is coming from the book of the, the gospel according to Mark, book of Mark, chapter 1. And I'll be reading verses 16 through 17 from the New King James Version, 16 through 17, Mark 1. And as he walked, and as he is Jesus, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And the subject for today's topic is get to fishing. Get to fishing. Someone say self. Get to fishing. Get to fishing. Get to fishing. And I, I want to start this message off by I read something online and, and it got me and I was like, oh, it made me think. I love reading things that make me think. But it said one of the problems that churches run into is that they try to clean fish without catching it. And said we can't clean, you can't clean fish until you catch a fish. And we try to clean and we try to, and, and we judge someone that's um, unsaved holding up to standards that Christ set when they are, they haven't been caught yet. They haven't been caught yet. So we shouldn't be surprised when unsaved folk act like unsaved folk. What you expect? We shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised when lost folk act like lost folk. They haven't been caught yet, but we tried to cleanse without catching the fish. So if, can, can we be honest, if it wasn't for Christ entering your life, you'll be acting the same way too, probably. But God came into your life, Jesus came into your life and cleansed you, and now you acting a little different. And now we can't judge people because we, we have Christ in us, but they haven't been caught. You've been caught. And you've been cleansed, but they wouldn't, haven't been caught yet, but you try and expect them to be cleansed without being caught. And we need to recognize the change comes when, when Jesus enters our life. Jesus cleansed, but we have to do the fishing. We need to get to fishing. Jesus wants us to fish. He told them, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. Jesus wants us to fish, not because Jesus is lazy. Jesus is far from lazy. He walked almost everywhere. He was in shape with sandals. It was no New Balance sneakers or stuff. He walked and said he wasn't lazy, but we, he wants us to fish. He wants us to win souls. He wants us to bring people to him. That same energy we have fishing for our job, we need to have that same energy when it comes to fishing for men, bringing people to Jesus. That same energy we have, we, we fish for our fraternities, we fish for our sororities. 
We fish for our businesses. We try to win people over to our businesses, our jobs, our fraternities, our groups. But what about keeping that same energy winning people to Christ? Someone say, get to fishing. God has blessed us all uniquely. We all have different gifts, different talents. We all are uniquely designed, and we, we should be using those gifts for fishing, for fishing, that same energy. We are in the soul-winning business. When it's all said and done, we, our purpose is to win souls to Christ. The lights are cool, cameras cool, all that stuff is cool, but our primary goal, responsibility, is to fish for men, is to bring people to Jesus, is to win souls. So God has blessed us uniquely, and he wants us to use our gifts not just to make a difference in the world. He wants us to make a difference in his kingdom. Yeah, you're making a difference in the world, but are you making a difference in his kingdom? Simon and Andrew made a difference in their community by fishing for fish. But now Jesus wanted to expand their profession. They are making a difference in their community by fishing for fish, but he wanted to expand them, make them fishermen of men, expand their profession. Because I'm a firm believer that it's, it's difficult to have an encounter with Jesus and not want expansion. I'm a firm believer that if you have a true encounter with Jesus, you should want to expand. You should want expansion. You should want to be used at a higher level. How many of us want to be used at a higher level? Yeah, they may, they're being used to fish for fish, but now Jesus is taking them to be used at a higher level, and that's fishing for men, for souls, sending people to him, winning souls. It's all about expansion. He's expanding what they're doing. What you're doing is cool, but I could have you do it at a higher level. What you're doing online is cool, but Jesus can have you doing it at a higher level. Yes, you're making a difference in your community, the people around you, the, the neighborhood, but Jesus wants to be, want to use you at a higher level and make a difference in his kingdom. Bring people to him. That's what you're talented for. That's what you're gifted for. That's what you have these natural-born abilities. It's to win, use those for fishing. For fishing. And we're going to talk about Today's subject is all about fishing, because that's what we need to do, is fish. He said, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And this text opens up with Jesus walking along the Sea of Galilee, but I want to take, I like to look at what happened before that. How did Jesus, it's like when you watch a BET movie, and then they, the first scene is them in some chaos, they were like, let me show you how I got to this point. <laughs> and then they do all the real. But let's show how Jesus got to this point. See, the Gospel of Mark opens up with John the Baptist and the preparation for the coming of Jesus. So he, John the Baptist, was like the Messiah's herald. He's, he's uh, introducing he's the place of ministry of John the Baptist. He's preaching, someone more powerful than me will come after me. And John the Baptist said, I have baptized you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. 
So John the Baptist was a man back then. He's preaching, he's preaching, he's preaching. And next you know, we transition to Jesus coming. And now Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And the Bible says soon as Jesus was baptized, when he came out the water, the heavens opened up. And the spirit descended like a dove onto Jesus. The spirit descended like a dove. And there is a voice from heaven that says, you are my beloved son. I take delight in you. So Jesus was baptized. The heavens opened up. The spirit descended down. God said, you are my son. I take delight in you. And this is the part that got me. After all this happened, the Bible said then immediately, not a little while after, but immediately the Spirit drove Jesus, led Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Wait a minute. That same Spirit that descended on Jesus like a dove is the same Spirit that led him, drove him into the wilderness. I can understand said the Satan, Satan led Jesus to the wilderness. No, the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. I mean, he was, I can't imagine being baptized by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit descending on me. God pretty much announced his approval for me, and next thing you know, I'm in a wilderness. That's, next thing you know, I'm in a situation that's hard, that's difficult, that's tough. And so so it's entirely possible to diligently follow God and yet be driven by the Spirit into tough circumstances. It's very possible because God doesn't promise an easy life. It could be illness, persecution, trials. A while ago, we talked about trials, profiting from trials. You can experience that same spirit that the Holy Spirit descended down on Jesus is the same spirit that led him to temptation, led him into the wilderness. So God doesn't promise an easy life. But what he does promise is that no matter how tough life gets, no matter how hard life gets, no matter how much fire you get, all that stuff, like I said last week, will work together for your good. All that stuff will work together for your good. He doesn't promise a life with no disappointments. And we need to really... uh, we need to really, uh, like, explain that to people. Like, people think when they get Jesus in their life, no more disappointments. No more hardships. Life is going to be easy. Easy. He promised that no matter, but God promised no matter what you're going through. Because Romans 8.28, and we know for those who love God, all things work together for his good. All things work together for your good. And when Apostle Paul wrote that, it, it's meant that God orders everything for believers so that all life experiences work together for our ultimate good. He's not saying that everything will be good in and of itself. He's not saying, and so everything not going to be good, but everything will be all good. <laughs> what you're going through might not be good, but everything going to be all good. It's going to be all good. It's going to be all good. I know it's not looking like it, but it's going to be all good. It might not feel like it's going to be all good, but it's going to, everything will work together. So when believers, so not everything good is good in and of itself, but God uses everything for our good. So to all the believers that's out there going through something, you should just look at your situation and say, it's working out for my good. It's working out for my good. 
It may not feel like it's working out for your good, but it's working out for my good. It's working out for my good. I know, I know life is hard. I know, you know, it don't feel like it, and you disappointment, you crying late at night, you always stressed out, you, but whatever stressing you out, keeping you up late at night, just look at it and say, it's working out for my good. It's working out for my good. It's working out. It might not, that people, like when people get uh, laid off, you like, you just really, you, you frustrated. But look at that and say, it's going to work out for my good. God did not allow this to happen to me. To just leave me north for a second. No, 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 no. This is going to work out for my good. That's the type of mindset we need to have. What I'm going through, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. Because problems are seasonal. For everything, there is a season, right? So that means problems are seasonal. So problems are, so it's going to pass. Just endure it. It's about Christian life. It's about enduring what you're going through. So it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be all a life of no disappointments, but endure those disappointing seasons. Endure those problems. Endure those tough times. Endure them. Problems are, that storm you're going through has a season. Everything has a season. And here's the thing, and I, I remember like last week it was on my mind and me and Bishop had a conversation like, man, this and this was on my mind all week and we talked about how people are making permanent solutions to temporary problems. Permanent solutions to temporary problems. Like suicide is going crazy. And I was reading something that said people between the ages of 18 and 25 have the most suicidal thoughts. Suicidal thoughts, you making, they making permanent decisions on something that's temporary. Coming from like all this stuff, depression, anxiety, people just being strictly overwhelmed with life and can't handle that overwhelm. And then you get these suicidal thoughts and those thoughts are just strictly coming from the enemy. Strictly coming from, that's why we need to protect our mind because that's where those suicidal thoughts come from. Because they, the Satan is what? The father of lies. That means everything that comes out of Satan's mouth is a lie. So that means Satan is incapable of telling the truth. So that means, and what's a lie? A lie is the opposite of truth. So that means if everything that Satan is saying, you should just think it's the opposite. So he's saying you're not enough, you are enough. You can't get through this, you can't get through this. You alone, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. A lot of people make permanent salute because they think that nobody is with them. And they're all alone. And that's what the enemy wants you to think, that what you're going through, you're all alone. And even God can't help you out. Even God can't help you out. Satan is the father of lies. And he's telling you everything, everything just for you to get to make a permanent decision over something that's temporary. Temporary. And that's why we need to be mindful. And this is really on my heart. That's why you have to be mindful when we're having a conversation with people because you don't know what they're going through. Amen. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's going on in their head because let me tell you something. A lot of people that do commit suicide, they're smiling. They're smiling, saying everything is all good. But you don't know what's going on behind that smile. 
What's going on behind that smile? I, I, I remember vividly, I remember, I think it was a decade ago, like 2013, where I knew a girl, she was, we was close, we worked together, we did work study together. I knew she was going through some tough times. I knew, and we, and I, and we talked, and you know, we had conversation, and, but I didn't know how, what was all going on in her head, because she was always smiling, she was always partying, she was everywhere. And then till I didn't, one day she made a decision. And it caught everyone off guard. Be like, wow, we didn't know it was that bad. We didn't know it was that bad. At the age of 19, 20, it was that bad. But that's exactly what's going on. And that's why we need to be, as believe, we need to be mindful. We shouldn't, we should watch our comments, especially when you're feeling something, like putting people down on purpose just to get back. You don't know that can be that one thing that changes their whole mindset. And so, and, I, and this is really big. So when it comes to like believers and the Christian life and how we're supposed to move in this life and when we talk about Fishing, that's our uh, encounter with people, encounter of the world. We need to be mindful. We need to be mindful. And if you sense something, pray and be like, God, help me navigate a conversation. Because one conversation can change anything. You never know. Your one conversation can change the outcome of a situation. One conversation. One conversation. And so when it say um, when when a spirit led Jesus to the wilderness, that shows you that life is going to be tough. Life is going to life is not going to always be easy. Life is going to be tough, and that we need to endure what life what what we've been handed to in life. We need to endure those wilderness seasons, and knowing that the wilderness seasons can be seasonal. And so after Jesus got out the wilderness, right, he got the wilderness, he got the wilderness. After a time in the wilderness, John the Baptist was arrested, and Jesus came to Galilee to preach the good news. This is when Jesus begins his public ministry. But Jesus came to Galilee to preach. So Jesus was a preacher. It's all said and done. Like, people love the miracles, but he was a preacher that did miracles. Wasn't a miracle worker who sometimes preached. Jesus was a, we love the miracles, but he was a preacher. He preached the good news. He preached the gospel. He was a preacher that performed miracles at times. You want his miracles, but do you want his preaching? We want his miracles, but do we want his preaching? And so this is where we get to this point. He started his public ministry, and then as he's passing along by the sea, he ran into a set of brothers, Simon and Andrew, and they were fishermen. And they were fishermen. These were common folk. They were men without theological credentials, degrees, or no status in the world. They were regular, smeggler fishermen. They were regular folk. They just fished. They were considered common. And, here's, and that's why I go, and Jesus still stopped for them. And Jesus still chose. See, you don't have to be popping for Jesus to choose you. You might have to be popping for the world to choose you, but you don't have to be popping for Jesus to choose you. You don't have to be social media popular for Jesus to choose you. You don't have to be verified on Instagram for Jesus to choose you. He chose some common folk. 
They're considered no status in the world. And you don't, and don't care, how, and that's when you don't have to mind how little, how little you think your job is. Some of us think our job is just too small for Jesus to use us. No. No, he will use your little job. <laughs> He'll use you, whatever you consider you, he will use it. They were regular fishermen. There was nothing like, he, of all the people he could have chose, he chose some fishermen, some common folk that was considered low status. They were just regular, smuggler fishermen, just fishing. And here's the thing that got me too on, on this whole decision of how Jesus chose. The Sea of Galilee was a freshwater lake, about 12 miles long, 7 miles wide, 700 feet deep, and it hosted a thriving fishing industry. So when you think about how thriving that fishing industry is, that means that they were not the only two there. So of all the people that was at that sea, Jesus chose them. Of all those people that could have been more qualified, Jesus chose them. Doesn't it feel good to know that of all the people he could have chose, he chose me. It was, it's people smarter than me, and he chose me. It's people prettier than me, but he still chose me. It's people got way more credentials than me, but he chose me. Doesn't it feel good to know that Jesus chose you? Jesus chose you. Jesus chose you. Jesus, oh, he responded. Jesus chose them. And you ever been given something, you just ask yourself, why me? Why me? When God put, me, put this on my heart to come on down, I'm like, why me? I'm having fun where I'm at. But you ever been called to do something, you just have to wonder, like, why me? Of all the people, like, why, why did you choose me? Because we, we look at ourselves that we're not qualified to do what he's wanting, asking us to do. So we like, why me? But we need to be like, you know, Russell Westbrook, why not? Why not me? Yeah, yeah. I know, and, and, and that's when people get, that's when your haters come in. Because they trying to figure out why you. And you just got to be like, why not me? Because they looking at all the things that disqualify you from that position. They looking at you, they going through all your Wikipedia. Be like, look, <laughs> they do not deserve what Jesus has given them right now. And you got to be like, why not me? Obviously, Jesus sees something in me that he can use. And so I'm going to just walk in it. You can keep on hating, but I'm going to walk in it. You can be frustrated, but I'm going to walk in it. Of all the people he could have picked. And people might not pick you because, like, it's like, ba like playing basketball. You do the, you know, the open runs and people picking, people picking, people picking. And, you know, if you're if you close to the last pick, you start feeling... Hmm, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Because <laughs> if I was good, I would have got picked first. But I said this before, the, the, the first pick isn't always the right pick. Look at David. David wasn't the first pick. He was the last option. He, people didn't even, they didn't even think about him. But he was the right pick. He was the best pick. Jesus still chose them. He would choose you. Everything you think, everything you beat yourself up for, Jesus is like, I'm going to still choose you. 
Some of us dropped out of college. College dropout, he'll still choose you. Teen mom, he'll still choose you. Ex-convict, he will still choose you. Because we looking at all those things because the world would disqualify you and write you off real quick. You can be going through something in the world, just write you off. Like, oh, yeah, I know where they're going in life. But Jesus said, no, I know where I'm going to take them. <laughs> yeah, I know they're young and they messed up and you already written them off. But Jesus said, I'm going to use that same thing that people wrote you off for to elevate you, to expand you. Expand, 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 expand. Jesus still chose them despite what they're going through. Still chose them. Everybody, a thriving fish, and that made me think, like, that's how popular, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a lot of fishermen there. And it's something about them, too, that made Jesus stop and say, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Jesus is walking, and Jesus saw them stop and, like, follow me. Feel good to know that Jesus didn't walk past me. He stopped. He stopped. And this phrase, follow me, is the heart of New Testament discipleship. See, it involves adopting Jesus' values and lifestyles. That's what follow me is all about. We're adopting his lifestyle, adopting his ways, adopting his values. And so he's saying, follow me. So with the invitation, Jesus shows that that's what Christianity is all about, following Jesus. Following Jesus, I know we try to add a lot more to it, a lot more to it with theological systems, rules, and everything, but the heart of it is following Jesus, because we, when we follow Jesus, we adopt his ways. When we follow Jesus, we adopt his lifestyle, adopt his values, and so basically saying, in order to become fishers of men, we need to first follow Jesus. Following Jesus will position your heart and your mind to properly fish for men. A lot of us just want to go fishing, but have you followed Jesus yet? Jesus has the blueprint. Follow Jesus, and then he said he will make you become fishers of men. You can't skip the follow me part. <laughs> you can't skip that part. Online, don't skip it. People quit, like, follow me and I may become fishermen. Become fishers of men. Got it. Circle. No. Go back a few lines, a few words. Follow me and he'll make you become fishers of men. Follow me. Learn from me. Adopt my values. Adopt my lifestyle. Then you're going to be, see, and I, that's why I always pray uh, in, the, in, the, in the beginning of service, position our hearts and our mind. See, following Jesus will position your hearts and mind to become fishers of men. We need, it's, it's positioning ourselves. And you, can, you will never, when, it, when you do anything, you have to be in a proper position. You have to be in the proper position. Everything has some type of position. When you play sports, say a baseball, proper position. Basketball, proper position. Football, proper position. You have to be in proper position to do what you need to do effectively. Do what you need to do well. And he said, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. That's the part that really, really stood out to me. The make you become. 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 Because it means to turn into 
It means to grow into. So becoming, there's a process that's needed. That's a process that's needed. You just don't wake up fishing, being a fisherman. No, you grow into it. You become, someone say become. You become fisherman of me. Say, I will make you become. Jesus will grow you into what he wants you to become. See, in some translations, it say, um, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. So if we combine the two, you really can't grow into something unless you've seen it. It's hard. It's hard to become something that you've never seen before. And that's the problem. A lot of us trying to become something we never seen. We don't have the blueprint. We don't know what it is. And so Jesus said, I will show you. I will reveal it. I will show you how to do it, and you will become it. He said, I will show you how to fish for men. And this, in this translation, say, I'll make you become fishers of men because it's, it's very difficult to become something you've never seen. You've never seen. See that a lot in relationships. Like you want, some of us never seen, like, like ladies, you got to cut some brothers some slack. Because they never probably seen a man. How a man's supposed to be in a family, a positive figure and all this stuff. They probably never seen. So you're asking me to become something I've never seen. And it's going to take time. It's going to take time and it reverse. Like a husband, be patient with your wives. You're asking a wife, a woman to become a wife, she probably never seen a healthy marriage. So you're asking me to become someone that I've never seen. It's hard. It's hard to become something we never seen. Never seen. I've never seen how a man's supposed to Raise his child proper. I never seen it because all my examples were not positive examples. So, but Jesus is saying, I will show you. I will make you become. And we try, and, and a lot of us go through life trying to become something we never seen. And it's challenging. It's, it's actually frustrating, really. Yes. It's frustrating because you're really trying, but you just you, you haven't. You know, you, you haven't seen it. Like right now, everybody preaching, uh, you know, financial literacy, debt-free lifestyle. You really haven't seen budgeting before. You're asking me to become a budgeter, <laughs> and i never seen one before. I just see people blowing money. And so that's all I know is to blow money. And it's hard for me to become something I haven't seen. You're asking me to become better. And a lot of us, we want to become better, but we've never seen better. We haven't been exposed to better. And that's the powerful thing about exposure, because once you're exposed to something, you can't be unexposed. That's why you have to be mindful of what you see. And that's why a lot of parents are being mindful of what their kids look at, because once you see something, you can't unsee it. I know you want to be friends with your child, but some stuff they just should not see. But once you're exposed to something, you can't get unexposed. So once you see, and a lot of us, we want to, how many of us want to become better? 
We have areas in our life that we want to become better. But in those areas, we're like, I never seem better. So I'm just Googling how to get better. <laughs> I'm YouTubing how to get better in an area because I haven't seen better in the area I'm trying to get in. But fishing, but said, I will make you become fishers, fisher of men if you just follow me. I will show you how to fish for them. Just follow me. Jesus said, I will show you how. A lot of us get so caught up on a how. Jesus said, I will show you how. I'll make you become. I'll make you become fishers of men. Fishing for men is part of being a Christian. That's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. We should be getting the fishing, get the fishing. We are called to serve the Lord and people through ministry. Serve God and people through ministry. We should be winning people to Christ. Like I said before, that's we're in a soul winning bit. We should be using our ministry. We all have some type of ministry that we should be using. But we always look at this ministry right here. You don't need to be a pastor or preacher to fish for people. You can be fishing where you at, at your job, in the community. You don't have to be, have a platform like this to fish for men. Like we should be winning people. See, majority, and here's the majority of Jesus' disciples were fishermen. Majority of them were fishermen. They were not chosen by accident. Jesus doesn't work by accident. He has purpose. We serve an intentional God. We serve an intentional God. God did what he did intentionally. I know you don't like it, but he did it on purpose. And that can get us sometimes. Like, God, you allow that to happen on purpose? <laughs> you, 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 I thought we were cool. <laughs> I thought we were good. I thought we were straight. But obviously, we're not straight because you let that happen to me intentionally. <laughs> we need to reevaluate this relationship. <laughs> but he's saying, but every, I believe fishermen possess skills every Christian should strive to possess. Possess skills that us as Christians should adopt. And so before we um, get to the end of this message, I just want to talk about the qualities of good fishermen. The qualities of good fishermen. And you can put the first one on the screen. You'll, and, and, and please write these down because you, I will refer back to them later. But take note on qualities of good fishermen. Good fishermen know how to fish, where to fish, and which bait to use. How to fish, where to fish, and which bait to use. Now I want to talk about how to fish. They know how to, they have, they're skilled. They know their stuff. They know how to fish. You get them a, a toolbox, a tackle box, and a fishing pole. They know how to work all that stuff. Don't give it to me because I'm going to be confused. But they know their stuff. Good fishermen know their stuff because the more familiar you are with a tool, the more effective you can use it. If y'all follow me, the more familiar you are with a tool, the more effective you can use it. And when it comes to believers and fishing for men, our tool is the word of God. Our tool is the gospel. That's our tool. Our tool is the word. 
That's our tool. But here's the thing. Are you familiar enough with your tool to effectively use it? I say it all the time. We just can't be, Sunday shouldn't be the only time you pick up your tool and, and mess around with it and stuff. And, you know, it's like technology. If somebody give you a new phone, you're going to be struggling for a while trying to figure it out. Brian Ava went from an Android to an iPhone. Took a while to figure out. But you're not familiar with the iPhone. But once you become familiar, you're just moving, scrolling, screenshots, laughing, reacting to all the text messages, laughing at Android users. You're doing all that. You're doing all that stuff. I still got Android. Mm -hmm. Now I got both. I'm going to be honest. I got both. <laughs> Because some people just prefer texting on the iPhone, and I was like, all right, well. <laughs> but the more familiar you are with your tool, the more effective you can use it. You can't properly fish if you don't know how to fish. You can't properly use your tool if you don't even know how to use it. You can't, you can't be effective. And so good fishermen know how to use their equipment. And I'm going to ask you, do you know how to use your equipment? Do you know how to use your equipment? Yeah, fishing for men sound cool, but do you know how to use your equipment? So we need to know our equipment. We need to know our tool. And then good fishermen know where to fish. They know where to fish. They know where to go to catch what fish. They know where to go. You talk to a good fisherman, oh, you need to go here for that fish, you need to go here for that fish, you need to go here. They just, it's called like the, the instinct. They just know where to go for the right fish. Because here's the thing, they know to go to the fish. A fish not just going to walk on land and go to the fisherman. Like, here I am. Go ahead, cleanse me up, big dog. <laughs> no, a fish is not going to do that. They have to go to the fish. They have to go to the fish. So when we become fishermen for men, we just can't expect people to come to the church. We'll be waiting all day. But we need to go to where the fish are. That's why when I was performing stand-up comedy heavy, I rarely performed in churches. It, I rarely performed in churches. And, I was, and it caught a lot of people. I go like, hey, man, you a believer? You a Christian? I say, yeah, but I'm going to the bar to perform some comedy. People saw, they was like, hey, hey Nick at bars. He at club, nightclubs. He, he all over doing. And I say, because we are called to be light in the darkness. But a lot of us just want to be light in light. You don't want to, you, you making, you, you going, you fishing at church. That's where you're going, oh, I'm going to go to such and such church and try to get some of them people. No, that's not what it's supposed to be doing. We fishing at church. No, we need to go to where the fish are. So good fishermen know where to Fish. We should be shining our light in dark places, praying for, and we, we, we want people to come to the church. We want people to, they're not, hey, in this day and age, the social media, the internet, they're not stepping a foot in here, most likely. You have to first catch them in order to get them here. Like I say, we're trying to cleanse without catching them. No, you need to catch them and, and then bring them. So we need to go to where they are so good fit quality good fishermen know how to fish where to fish and they also know which bait to use 
growing up, my grandfather on my on my dad's side, he he loved taking uh, me, Tyrell, and Jeffrey out for fishing, and he loved fishing for bluegill. No, bluegill is very pretty simple. Just get a worm, get a worm, we good to go. But let me tell you something. I can't use a worm to catch a shark. Different bait. You need to know which bait, depending on what type of fish. The way you fished for men in the 80s is way different fishing for men in the 2020s. I got to make sure I say 2020 because I can't say the 20s because it's still think about 1920s. <laughs> so I got to say 2020s. Yeah, the 2020s version of, of fishing for is, is way different. You got to use different bait. The bait you use in the 80s can't be the same bait you used in 2022. You need to know which bait to use. And can I throw y'all, your life is bait. Your life is how you carry yourself, the what you put out here, your life, because people will look at you. Because we are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are representatives. And so how, how does it look that we're trying to represent Christ and we just live in life any type of way? On purpose. A lot of us just know we live in Rome. But your life is bait. People look at you and that's how you really, that's how you catch like, it's, if it's, they living like that, and I and I, you you getting once you get your curiosity. Okay, let me let me see what's going on. Let me see. But it's hard to convince people of something when you, it seems like you're not even convinced yourself. It's hard to get people to believe something when you are living life totally opposite of what you're trying to get them to do. It's hard to get that way. That bait ain't adding up. Your life is baked. People are drawn to you. And then they're drawn to God. That's what I've noticed. That's what I've noticed. And I use my life light and stand on comedy because it's so, it's so weird because it's like normally you see Christian, clean comedians performing just in Christian places. But when I was in these different type of places, it, every now and then you'll get a few people come up to me and say, hey, you know, it's something. It's something about you. And I just want to ask you this. I remember this, a few people asked, hey, you a believer? I said, you know it. <laughs> you know it? They said, I knew it. I knew when you was up there doing your little funny thing, I was like, it's something of all the people that perform, it's something about this one that just radiated something out different. That's bait. That's bait. How you handle different circumstances is bait as well. When people see how you handle in trauma, people see how you handle in tough times, people see how you handle storms, that's bait as well. That's bait as well. I still remember September 2016 like it was yesterday. I still remember people, like I'm saying, a lot of comedians are atheists or agnostic, all these other different religions, and they come up to me and say, hey, man, I don't really believe in that Christian stuff. But man, like, uh, you challenging me, brother, with this. How you moving in this storm? Because obviously he's not alone. So your life is bait. People will be drawn to you before they're even thinking about Jesus. They're going to look at you first because you're supposed to be a representative. You're supposed to be a representative. 
Okay, and the second point, quality, the good fish. We put the second one on the screen. Great deal of patience and dedication. Now we all know fishermen got a great deal. I mean, fishermen have a great deal of patience and dedication. Oh, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. That's good right there. You have to be patient. A fisherman can go hours and not catch anything. Y'all remember the story in Luke 5, Simon told G, we worked all night and didn't catch nothing. It's possible to, and you need that type of patience. You need to know, I cast out nothing, I reel it in, nothing. Cast it back out, reel it in, nothing. And you sitting there, but fishermen just love the process. They just love fishing. I don't have the patience for it, personally. <laughs> but fishermen, they don't mind sitting out there and like, look, I already expect to be out here for about 12 hours. That's why I brought some snacks and stuff. Like, you should have brought something, brother. Like, I thought we was going to be out here for a few minutes. And then we can go get some food. No, but you can't set, you just can't set the bait and disappear. You just can't set the bait, and it's patience. Not, and here's not everyone. You're not going to catch everyone. You're not going to catch every fish. But it's the process of it. It's the process. Of not everyone's going to be attracted to what you're selling. That's for anything in life. Everybody's not going to like something. Everybody's not going to. You're not going to please everybody. And some people just not going to catch. Some people not just going. Catch, but you need to have the patience and dedication to keep on going. A good fisherman, he's not going to get discouraged. He's going to keep on going. Like, oh, okay, okay, they, they, all right, I got this next one. And they just going, they just going, they just going, casting nets, throwing that. They still going through the process. So we should not be discouraged with no fish are biting. Just know that the right one will bite when it bites. Just fall in love with the process. It, it shouldn't feel like a burden of Jesus saying, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That shouldn't feel like a burden. No, fall in love with it. He wants you to go out there and win souls. Where are you at? He wants you to go out there, represent him, and bring people to him. That's what he wants you to do. You should find joy in that. I don't know why you should find joy knowing that, ooh, Jesus, trust me with this? You trust me to fish for people? But these are the things that all tie together. Qualities of good fishermen, great deal of patience and dedication. The third one we got, they not afraid of the work when it's time to reel in. This is the part that a lot of us probably struggle with. It's the, the reel in part. Reeling in. Once the fish bite, what do you do? Because it, it requires work. Someone say work. 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 I'll be watching Dangerous Catch. I'm like, man, what they doing? That's a lot of work and effort, reeling the fish in. And it's like daily engagement. So when we reel, when a fish bite, we should have daily engagement. You should be working. You should be trying. You should be reaching out consistently. You just can't be set the bait and then the, the fish bite and you just walk away. No, reeling in requires work. It requires work. Reach out, be consistent, check in. When people see that you are interested in them, that means a lot. Not saying you have to be buddy, but hey, you know, uh, how, how everything going? Check in, you want to go out to lunch? You want to go, I know people love brunch. Want to go to brunch? Not on Sunday, though. Morning. We'll wait to after church. 
somebody, Pastor, I went at church because I was taking somebody out to brunch. So you could <laughs> No, you took yourself out. I saw the picture. I didn't see nobody else. <laughs> but it requires work. People are watching your attitude. People watching your actions. People watching the way you interact with people. Uh-oh. How you interact with people determines if they're going to gonna leave or not. Like, hey, no, no, they, okay, they, they tricked me. I, they put on the front to reel me in, but I see them acting funny now. But no, 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 all that stuff works together to reel that fish in. It requires work. So I encourage us, when you, I encourage y'all, encourage me, myself as well, when you catch a fish and you see they, it, the fish bite and it's time to reel in, don't be afraid of the work. Don't be afraid. It's going to take some, look, it, it won't hurt you to check in every now and then. It won't hurt you to just take a few minutes out your day and make sure the fish is good. These are things that will bait the hook and draw people to you. Your life says everything. And then last but not least, quality is a good fisherman. You put the last one up, they work together. Fishermen, like I said, dangerous catch, they work together. They work together. They work together. When, when the fish is hooked, it's a team effort. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he didn't send them out one by one. It was in twos. It was in pairs. So while one person real and the other person could be praying. Working together, we all one big family. So we should be all working together. Fishing for men. You real, you pray. You real, you pray. And all this, all this is what we should be doing as a church. All this is what we should be doing as a church family, working together to fish for men, working together to make a difference, working together to win souls out there. Let's stop fishing in here. No, let's be out there and represent Christ and represent him well. That's the point. Represent him well, where it draws people to him. Are you living a life that's drawing people to Jesus? Ask yourself that question. We are responsible for, the, for fishing. Now Jesus will do all the saving part. We just bring people to him. Bring people to him. Introduce them to Christ. Introduce them to Christ. And then it's up to them on what decision they make. But you did your part. Bishop said all the time, we are in no position to send people to heaven and hell. That's not our job. But we can at least be out there fishing and bringing people to Christ and have them make a decision because that's on them. Now, we're not responsible for whatever decision they make. But... We are held accountable. Did you go out there and, and, win, and fish for men? Did you bring people to me? Are you living a life that's drawing people to me? A fisherman will tell you that you have no control over the number of fish you catch. You can't control it. So let's just worry about fishing. 
Let's just worry about throwing our nets out there. Let's worry about baiting. Let's worry about, uh, you know, working together. That's what we can control. We can control if we work together or not. We can control where we fish. We can control how we fish. And so I just want to leave y'all with three words, and that's get to fishing. Amen? Amen. Get to fishing.